Okay, here we are, another interview at KumoriCon. This is great, and um, we've got two guests this time. Would you mind introducing yourselves? Dead air. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Samurai Dan. Uh, my wife and I are the martial arts guests at KumoriCon. I chase Dan around with a sword for the amusement of others. Okay, great. We, we also have their dog with us, which is also great. Yeah, you might hear some jingling and jangling. Uh, That's the dog. Kiba, the Akita, in the background. Very Just, cute, not to be confused with the Naruto character of the same name. <laughs> I didn't realize there was actually a character. I mean, it, Kiba means fang in Japanese, uh-huh. and it's a common name for, for Akitas right. over there. And it seemed to fit him because he mouths everything. Okay. And I didn't realize till we took him to our first con, and people were just going, "Oh my God, you named him Kiba! That's so adorable!" I'm like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Oh no!" Yeah. You need to figure out a ninjutsu technique not with the dog to be confused with Kiba from Naruto. It's yeah. a totally different animal. Cool. Much cuter, also. Yeah. Um, so we can just start out with. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, the martial arts style uh, that you work in? Um, as guests for conventions, we teach classes. Um, we teach Kenjutsu, Japanese swordsmanship, okay. as it relates mostly to 16th century samurai combat. And we also teach um, empty hand self-defense techniques for con-goers that are based on Aikibujitsu, which is old. It's samurai unarmed combat. Not oh, a lot cool. of strikes and punches because if you're on the battlefield wearing 50 to 70 pounds of plate mail armor, that really cool reverse punch that you learn in taekwondo classes to break boards will not break samurai armor. <laughs> um, yeah. It will break your hand. Mm-hmm. You go from those 26 bones to 52. Mm-hmm. Um, so we teach those at conventions. Uh, we also teach Muay Thai kickboxing. Dojo and knife combat, self defense, and pole arms, Japanese pole arms, the Yari, the Japanese spear, and Naginata, the Japanese pole arm. Um, but we don't teach those at conventions because honestly, the sticks take up too much room. Mm. And that the longer the weapon you put in someone's hand that's not practiced with it, the greater the likelihood of collateral damage. Oh, yeah. yeah. That makes total sense. Rule number one <laughs> at every convention is don't break the hotel. Was that yeah. a hard learned, es- or learned lesson? or? Uh... No. Strangely enough, okay. it, we didn't learn that from conventions. We learned it at our dojo. We had our instructor, who's from Japan. He's been living in L.A. since 1980, but he's originally Japanese. We have him out to do seminars, and we had him out, and he was doing a bow staff seminar. And our students were ready for the training, but the other schools that were part of the organization and came to visit, for a lot of them, they were just sword schools, and they had no bow training at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were hitting, they broke the clock on our dojo wall. <laughs> we had to repaint <laughs> afterwards. Um, so it was, and they dropped their, their weapons all the time, and we're like, you know themselves, what? Though, that was funny. <laughs> that almost made up for it. There's nothing as funny as a guy with all these stripes on his black belt of how amazing he is, who groins himself and drops God, to the floor. I love that that just sounds out of your mouth like such a technical term as well. <laughs> you know, when they groin themselves. Well, it has a specific connotation and anybody who's trained knows exactly what that is. And that's for, for a lot of teenage boys especially like the nunchaku, the oh. nunchucks. And those you're destined to hit, hit yourself in one of three places. You're oh, either yeah. going to crack yourself in the head. Yeah. 
or groin yourself, yeah. or trying to tuck it underneath and trap it with your arm, you're going to hit yourself uh, just inside the elbow on the funny bone, yeah. and your entire forearm goes numb, and usually then they end up throwing the, yeah. the chakra across the room. So yeah. Funnying we, yourself, as it were. Yeah, we, we kind of had a sense before we started teaching at Anime Cons what was going to be safe and you know what we could control mm-hmm. and what was uh, leaving too much to chance. Mm. So you uh, you mentioned a little bit about um, who you learned this from. Can you just talk a little bit about um, where you came from that brought you to be a, a celebrity name at anime conventions with this reputation? Sure. Two things. Number one, I came from my mama. <laughs> I'm a Midwest farm kid. We sometimes do very basic. <laughs> I've got a picture book I can show you later how that works. How is baby made? You, you can see it when you're older. Um, <laughs> And now I forgot the second half of the... Oh, you said something about being a celebrity. That's You're talking to the wrong people. We're just the martial arts guests. We, we're very fortunate. We get hired... We do about 30 conventions a year. We travel all over the country. Um, and it started kind of by accident. We we're running a traditional Japanese martial arts school. And our instructor, for anybody who's actually listening to this... His name is Toshishiro Obata. If you saw the first two Ninja Turtle movies from 90 and 91 back then, uh-huh. Shredder's henchman, Tatsu, the guy that didn't talk. But in the first movie, he's the one that Casey Jones beat up with a golf club. Okay. Uh, That's my sensei, and he loves being introduced around the country as the guy Casey Jones beat but up with a golf I'm club. But now I'm going to have to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles well, movie the again. the second one. Remember the Secret of the Ooze thing? Uh, and he's throwing a fit, going, Our father, gone! Aitatsu, now lead! Oh my god, I have to watch this now. His, I'm so excited. <laughs> sensei's accent is so bad, even though he's been living in this country. Well, at the time, it was like for ten years. Yeah. He couldn't speak the lines clear enough and so they had another Japanese actor try to mimic his voice and, and do that so him. yes so <laughs> awesome. it's kind of funny going to anime cons where all our friends are voice actors and they're right. the ones doing the voiceover and my instructor's the guy they had to voice over um, <laughs> God, I can't believe I'm saying this he's going to kill me <laughs> Well, luckily, we don't get to the West Coast very often. Just don't tell him that you were on this show when you hear this interview. He thinks I'm an idiot anyway. Because, well, I joke. You may have noticed that already. It's one of the reasons I started training in martial arts when I was young is I have a big mouth, no filter, and I run really slow. Uh-huh. So I had to learn how to protect myself. And so when we're doing martial art demonstrations, and we did one at a local anime convention. Some of my students were um, otaku, and they talked us into going and doing this exhibition so we went and did this all serious and like 10 people showed up okay and one of them though was a con chair from another event and he talked us into going to his show and doing an event and i made a couple jokes and so more people came in and i made a couple more jokes and more people came in and the next thing you know it's not a martial arts exhibition anymore it's comedy with razor sharp steel which just adds to the comedy if i actually Uh get hit Mm -hmm. Not that that's ever happened. And that Um, is where you come in sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, that's her job. Because apparently spousal abuse is funny as long as it's the cute blonde smacking around the 6'7 guy. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So your show, 
it has. It does sound like it's kind of evolved into a show rather than a demonstration or a lesson. We, we do we all of the above. Show. We have a stage show that's that's based on. A lot of times, we'll be asked to perform at the intermission of cosplay okay. because those kids spent so much time on their costumes and and being on stage was wonderful. But you want an audience there when you get your award and. When the judges leave and and they're gone for 20 minutes or a half hour, the audience will get restless. And what was a packed house will be, there's no one left to see who won except your friends. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've had conventions that have asked us to perform during the intermission. And so that is, the martial arts techniques we're using are still real and valid. And we'll have instructors come up and go, I teach Koryu martial arts and... You were doing Taisabaki Chi, the first set of defensive movements. And I'm like, yeah, the first six. We just made it into a comedy routine with her trying to hit me with a sword and me trying to talk to the audience while I'm getting out of the way before I break and run out into the audience and sit with someone else. Mm. Okay. Um, so we try to mix the com- but without ever letting go of the reality of what we're doing, the techniques are still real. And at the end of the show, despite all the comedy and everything else, um, we actually perform Tami Shigiri, which is traditional Japanese test cutting. It was a way the samurai tested their and maintained their skills with blades um, when they weren't actively at war. Um, modern equivalent is training at a shooting range okay. with paper and steel targets. Mm-hmm. The samurai took uh, rice straw and gathered it into bundles and tied it off. And if you soak it in water, the water soaks into the fibers so that they swell and they gain weight and density until it takes on the approximate characteristics of human muscle tissue. Not to be too gross, but it gave them an acceptable um, material to practice with. And we end our show doing uh, Tommy Shigiri test cutting stuff on stage with live steel and a 700-year-old $45,000 $45,000 blade. And so, <laughs> That's a lot for a convention. And so, so, so I, I do understand my instructor. He, he saw us perform once, and he just he blew a gasket. And he didn't talk to me about it. He was too angry for that. He took her off to the side and started chewing her out for me. Like, <laughs> he clown! Samurai! No smile! <laughs> and she's trying to explain. She's like, Sensei, he takes the art very seriously. It's himself he doesn't take seriously. Uh-huh. And he's like, <laughs> and then left. But when he came back the next year, he also got mad because I took notes during the seminar. Okay. And that's not how you do Japanese martial arts. You just, you repeat. Sensei's out front leading and he goes, and you go, and then you're done. And everybody made fun of me for it. The other schools, the instructors would all sneer and look at me and he'd stop and yell at me for taking notes. But it was amazing. After the seminar was over, all the instructors from the other schools were calling me and wanting my notes. <laughs> and when Sensei came back the next year to teach something, it was actually a bow class, all of my students knew every technique he was teaching. And he stopped. He called for a water break. And he kind of waved me over. I'm like, oh, God, I'm in trouble again. What did I do? And he said, I teach same bow class in Midwest for six years. Same class. No one notice. Your students all have material. When we come back, I teach you new things. Cool. And the other half of the seminar was all brand new and just completely blew us out of the water. And when we got done, we bowed out and he looked right at me and goes, you, make note. (laughs) And when he came back the next year, he had more new stuff. We did like five minutes of review. And when he noticed that our students could do it, he's like, okay, more stuff. That's awesome. And then he told her that because of... 
us being stupid, he lives in L.A. He actually started taking teaching courses at UCLA because he said Americans learn different. Americans' short attention span. In, in Japan, in Japan, you take time build building blocks, and I'm like. Sensei, we do those boring footwork and spinning and stepping and all the stance work. By the hour, I just disguise it so that <laughs> my students don't know they're doing this basic stuff. But it's this was a longer answer than you wanted. Oh no, but it's awesome. This yeah. is just me babbling, and so you're just if, you, if to... you ask about me being a celebrity, I'm going to clam up and say no. Let's talk about something else. because I, it is. I can't even talk on stage. Mm-hmm. It sounds weird because if you've seen any of our panels or any of our events, I am completely extroverted and loud, and, and I will do anything to keep the audience entertained and get our information across. Yeah. But it has to be something that I'm passionate about and I want to share. Mm-hmm. And Japanese martial the samurai arts, are they're that thing for me. I yeah. love what I do. And I want people to get that. If you want me to get up and talk about myself, I will not speak. I can't promote myself. I need an agent really badly. But any of them that have ever come up and tried to represent me, I've hated them. <laughs> because they come across like used car salesmen. Yeah. And I'm like, that's... A little bit of it is. And yeah. The, yeah. The, <laughs> but it's a necessary thing. Yeah. And it, it, so we, we do travel all over the country. And, and I wouldn't even use, if, if you look in the program guide, it says Samurai Dan and Lady Jillian. I went out on a limb for a stage name. Uh-huh. I teach samurai arts, and my first name is Dan. Yeah. But when we started, Obata-sensei <laughs> gave us this traditional Japanese name for a serious martial arts group. And it was Kojokan Shinbutai. Kojokan was the name of our dojo. It means Tiger Castle Training Hall. Okay. And Shinbutai means serious warrior group. <laughs> and it was for samurai used to train I not love just for serious warrior group. Well, shin, <laughs> shin means real or serious, uh-huh. like Shinken means real yeah. sword. Bu is uh, the Japanese calligraphy, the character for war. Mm. And Tai, Tai at the end of a word means like Dantai is a small elite, it's like a special forces group, like a SEAL team, uh-huh. six or seven members rather than large scale. And so for our demo team, he wanted a name that reflected that level of commitment and training. So we were the Kojokan Shinbutai, and no one ever remembered that name. <laughs> so our word of us, we never spread. Yeah. And we were on stage in Nebraska, of all places, and the Japanese-speaking American that they hired to be their MC introduced us on stage as the Kojokan Shinbuti. Which made us sound, and I'm standing back there going, all right, I am not breakdancing. And if they ask me to twerk, I'm going to shoot that guy with a bazooka. And what we came down to is the anime con kids were all like, hey, it's that tall samurai guy. And I didn't want to be that tall samurai guy. I mean, I understand it. So just Samurai Dan, and she still had, she and our kids talked me into using Samurai Dan as our name. Uh-huh. Had to argue with him for a good year. Like, we're more than that. <laughs> but Samurai but Dan, they remember. No, it's it's great. It's like it's it's like the the Bill Nye of Samurais. That's what it is. I need a theme song. <laughs> Dan, 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 Dan. That's exactly Dan, that. Dan. <laughs> They've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> I so, wouldn't come in the room, though. Um, we don't have a ton of time, but Good, I did, we're done. I, I did want it. to touch on your stand-up that you have now incorporated. Is that Did correct? Stand up. 
<laughs> That's not what you meant. They're talking Visual about sight gags do not work in a radio interview. Yeah, yeah. 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 Totally got that. Completely Doing a lot of Foley work in here. It's okay, I have a face for radio. <laughs> and honestly, the, the stand-up comedy, and we did our comedy show last night here, I, I get asked to do stand-up at almost every convention we're at, and it came about by accident. It just grew out of the stage show uh-huh. and being quick-witted. I loved the um, the old... Whose line is it anyway? Yeah. The British version mm-hmm. and the American version. And I enjoy doing that at conventions with, with comedic guests who bring that to, to the con. They'll ask me to sit in and, and play yeah. for a while. And then they get tired of me talking all the time. So Go we, we do a number of different educational panels in addition to our stage show. And to get the audience started and stuff and, and start interacting with them, usually we, he'd start talking and he'd tell a random little tangent story here or there while I set up and get stuff prepped for the panel, get the swords out, get out what we need. And the comedy thing largely came out of that because we'd have people that, you know, there are people that want to come into the educational panel and yeah. learn about the sharp, shiny, pointy things, but so many people enjoyed the, you know, that. 10 to 15 minutes at the beginning of the panel of him just telling silly stories and yeah. being goofy that it actually grew out of demand of people going, will you just do an hour of stories? Yeah. Just I amuse mean, that's, us. That's such a great te- teaching technique, though. That's that's really solid, actually. They've shown statistically, if you go to a lecture, if you mm-hmm. take an hour lecture, um, they have shown that no matter how much material you present and how well laid out it is, mm-hmm. People remember between three and four things from an hour-long presentation. Jeez. Three or four. And really, when you think about it, you go to a movie, it's an hour and a half long, and you laugh all the way through it because it's just amazing and epic, and how many quotes can you remember when the movie's over? Yeah. I mean, you have to watch The Princess Bride a hundred times to get the whole movie memorized. Yeah. But they're epic lines. And so what we did is we, we took the big presentations we had and we distilled it down to the parts that we really wanted people to get. And then we have a lot of jokes and goofing around and silliness there. But when they leave, those people remember, like the real sword or piece of crap panel, uh-huh. is how to tell a, what would be a shinkin, a real sword, and what's a decoration sword that should be on your wall. But it's not something that will get you through the zombie apocalypse. Uh-huh. And it's five points. And by the end of the panel, the entire audience can recite the five points back with me. And then they immediately leave the panel, go to the dealer room, and spend about ten times what they were going to on a sword. Yeah. Because now they're empowered. Yeah. So I think so I really, should get, I should get a cut. Small I should get a cut. <laughs> you should start making <laughs> swords. Actually, my best friend lives here in Oregon, and he makes Japanese swords. There you go. He's already figured it out. So I think um, we're we're almost out of time. So the last, uh, you guys, you've got conventions, you've got the dojo. Um, I don't know if you have social media, but in all of those different forms, how can people find you? The easiest way for people to contact us, we don't do a lot on social media. We have a couple accounts set up, but honestly never get to them. Um, I try to stay a little more current on our Facebook page, and just with Facebook Messenger, we can get back to people. Uh, Samurai Dan and Jillian on Facebook, um, and we try to post photos of our events and stuff and tag people and... uh, I need to get back to doing it a little bit more. Cool. Um, it's so easy to get sidetracked. Just yeah. 
staying busy. I will get on social media. It scares me. (laughs) I teach 500-year-old martial arts. Technology is not my friend. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, if you guys have conventions coming up and people want to check and see if you're going to be at their convention, maybe send you a Facebook message. Is that the best way to Absolutely. And ask. Because a lot of times we'll be booked for an event that since the convention hasn't announced us yet, we can't put it on our Facebook page. Okay. Oh wow! You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's but that's with their gig people. Yes, <laughs> yes because well, it sounds weird, but sometimes you know they stagger when they do guest announcements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes they so won't announce like, a guest for like two weeks until two weeks before the event. Yeah. And if people are planning on going to a convention and they're interested in going when it does happen, just because we're going. They have to schedule time off from work and budget mm-hmm. money and things. So if somebody's talking to us about, hey, are you going to be at ASIN in Chicago in May? And we're like, um, we haven't officially been, been announced yet, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whispering over Facebook is the hardest part. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. You can do all caps when you're angry, but there is no way to simulate whispering. I mean, I guess you could change the font size to go really yeah. small. <laughs> well, it's, it's been so great having you all in, and thank you all again so much for taking your yeah. time out of your day. Thank you so You're much. very welcome. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform.